Hey, good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? I've got a, I've got a tall task this morning, so we're going to go ahead and jump in if you're ready. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. <clears throat> um, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Well, I'm here to tell you something this morning that there's not a one of us that are. So let's pray, and we're going to go to lunch. You guys ready? <clears throat> Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I, I, as I began to study through this passage, <clears throat> I began to try to figure out what pure in heart means. First response to it was, was interesting, was amazing. You know, as I just sat down without doing any biblical referencing or, or theological study or, or anything like that, as I just began to sit down and process what it means to be pure in heart, I did a decent job. I did a decent job, but I was shocked at the result that I began to, the, the answers that I began to put together as I looked at what it really means to be pure in heart. So let's pray this morning. We're going to jump in right in. So Father, we come to you this morning, and I ask that your word would become alive in our hearts and our minds this morning. God, I ask this morning that you would make yourself known to us like you never have. Lord, let our hearts be sensitive. Lord, help me to get out of the way. And the words that I speak this morning would be straight from you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 5 is an amazing process of, of beatitudes. And it's amazing how they you start in verse 3 and it just begins to uh, stack one on the other. And you get down to verse 8 where it says, Pure in heart, for they shall see God. My first response to this was, I'm not pure in heart, and there's only one reason that I am, and it's Jesus. And so I struggled as I began to, began to prepare because I went, I'm pure in heart because of what Jesus did, but I'm, but I'm not because of what I continue to do. And it was this tandem. I kept thinking of a, of a teeter-totter, like I, 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 I'm pure in heart because I come to Jesus, and then I'm not because of myself, because of how I'm drawn away. So I, I began to look at this, and Jesus, uh, it's amazing because he, he, he begins in the, the, the middle of these Gospels, he just clearly lays out what it means to be pure in heart. He also clearly lays out how we see what pure in heart looks like from, on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're going to jump in to Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to jump just a couple of, of chapters here. Matthew chapter 7, <clears throat> verse 15 through 20. It says, beware, this is Jesus speaking. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear Fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Therefore, verse 20 says, you will know them by their fruit. So Jesus is clearly laying this out. And, and it, it's, it's amazing how this, this, this walks because just a few weeks ago, we talked about the curated life, right? Lynn and Johnny and just brought it. And they talked about how a curated life 
Uh, you see so much of the outside of what's going on, but you don't see the inside of what we're really dealing with on a daily basis. And as I began to process this, I, I, had, I had an analogy come to my mind, and I debated on whether to use it because it might change some of your patterns. Um, but if you're like me, I stop and I get gas, all right? I used to work for Quick Trip. I did it for quite a few years. I used to work for Quick Trip. And so I, I, even today, I stop and I get gas, and all of a sudden, there's this weird thing that happens. I become parched. Like, I pull in, I get gas. I'm like, man, I, I'm thirsty. I got to go to get something to drink, right? So I go in, and you walk into Quick Trip, and there's this, this giant fountain of endless possibilities of, of making your drink, right? There's cherry and vanilla and all this other stuff. And if you're like my kids, it's suicide of deliciousness, you know, all the way down. But what's the first thing you do when you go get a fountain drink? get a cup and you put ice in it, right? So I began to think about it like this. You put ice in this cup, and if you look at ice, uh, I had a lot of my customers that would come in and just to chew on their ice, but if, if you look at ice, it looks pretty clean, and it looks pretty pure. And if you hold it up, you don't see really any imperfections, right? But have you ever seen a fountain uh, ice machine cleaned? Justin's smiling because he's seen it a lot. But have you ever, I don't know if you ever have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enlighten you. I'm going to enlighten you just a little bit. Because this is an amazing analogy. Because if they're not clean on a regular basis, the moisture, they're kept at such a temperature that the moisture in the back of the ice machines mold really quickly. And I've taken over stores where, uh, Quick Trip stores, gone in to, to help these stores, and you pull the back off these ice machines and the back is just black. And it's just shooting ice all day long. So Quick Trip began a process. I'm going I'm to ease your mind just a little bit. They began a process that, the, that their machines were clean once a month. So Quick Trip ice machines are clean. Uh, but if you go to BP, I'm not making any promises, all right? I'm just, I'm just not. But, but if, you, if you imagine, if you sit and you think about that, that ice is coming out. And all we see is what's coming out in our cup. Right? Then we fill it with a soda, and it's covering up that. But what is it coming from? Where is it coming out of? And if you look at our life, you can look at our life and go, man, it looks, it looks great, right? I, I, picture tells a thousand words, right? I've started, I adopted this saying just a little bit ago that a picture will lie, lie a thousand times. I'll be scrolling through Facebook, and I'll see somebody post, and I'll go, that's not really how it is, <laughs> Because I know, I know what's going on. Jesus is asking us to look at our heart. In Matthew chapter 5, he's concerned with one thing. He's not concerned with what's coming out of us. He's concerned with the, the position and the situation of our heart. So he challenges us. He challenges us. And he, and he, not, he doesn't just challenge us just to correct our heart, but he tells us, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So I began to look at this. <clears throat> I began to look at this, and I began to go, all right, what does it mean? What does it mean to be pure in heart? What does it mean to see God? Because if you look in Scripture, there's only a few people that, only one person that saw God, right? And it was Moses. He went up on the mountain, and he could only look at the back of God. But that's not what it's talking about. When you look and you see God, it's seeing what God is doing. You see the hand of God in our life. 
But it's not just the process of what's going on right now. It's, it's the promise that will stand before him as a holy, righteous judge that looks at us and goes, redeemed. Redeemed through Jesus. So I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but what does it mean to be pure in heart? How do we do that? Can we do that on our own? I can't. I'll just be totally honest. I woke up, I, I went to bed last night, and, it, and it's just, I was telling Bob Mahaffey this morning, I said, it's amazing how you begin to prepare and you begin to preach and you begin to, to look into what God's leading you to, to, to lead, and all of a sudden, the issues begin to happen in your own heart. And I woke up this morning super early. I had a hard time going to bed last night. And I woke up this, this morning super early, struggling. Struggling because the fruit of my heart was not where it needed to be. So what does it mean to be pure in heart? What does it mean? I got a couple of verses right here. Matthew 10, 23, Jesus lays it out pretty quickly, or pretty clearly. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed self and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and the dish, and the outside will be clean also. Women, this is, this is a verse you can tell your husbands, right, as they're doing the dishes. Luke 6.45, it says, a, man, a good man brings good out of things, out of the good things that are stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil out of the evil things stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So I'm telling you all these verses not to discourage you, but, I, but there's, a, there's an answer to this. He, Jesus says multiple times that what's inside of us is the concern, not what, what the fruit of our, not the fruit of our life. Because that'll be swayed by what's inside of us. But I still haven't answered the question. What does it mean to be pure in heart? How do you do it? <clears throat> well, there's hope. There's hope. I had a, a great theologian this, this week speak a, a three different words to me. He spoke a lot, but three different words. Uh, you guys might know him at Pastor Al over there. Uh, but he, he spoke three words to me this week. And these three words fit beautifully. And it was uh, justification, sanctification, and glorification. Okay? So I want you guys, if you got a notepad, write them down. If you don't, type them in your iPhone, text them to yourself, whatever you need to do. Justification, justification, sanctification, and purification. And here's, what here's how it is. Okay? Justification is this. That on the day that you came to Jesus, the day you said, I am not good enough, Jesus justified you. He paid the price, right, on the cross, and he justified you by you admitting that you cannot obtain purity of heart without him. You can't see God. If you haven't done that, I want to encourage you this morning. In just a little bit, when I finish, you'll have time to come talk to myself or Johnny or, or Nathan or Jay or even Emery or Justin, okay? There's men in here that, and I'm not discounting the women. There's women in here too, but listen, come talk to somebody. If you haven't committed your life to Jesus, today is the day. 
Today's the day. Don't go any further without understanding that without Jesus, without what he did on the cross, we won't see God. We won't be pure in heart. But because of Jesus, because of the the price that was paid, we're justified when we come to him. So justification, okay? So through Jesus, what Jesus did, 1 John 1, 8 says, if any of you claim to be without sin, you're deceived. We have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us. Don't be deceived this morning. Purity of heart can't be obtained by anything else other than Jesus. Purity of heart cannot be obtained by anything else other than Jesus. And if you look at, back at Matthew 5, 8, what does it say? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. If you're not pure in heart, you're not going to see God. <clears throat> I went to the verse <clears throat> about Jesus explaining to his disciples how wide the road is that leads to destruction and how narrow the road is that leads to Jesus. He says, how wide is the road that many will follow it, many will travel down it, and how narrow the road is that leads to Jesus. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many will enter it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Don't walk out of here this morning without turning your heart over to Jesus and being purified. Because that's the only way. I told you I would answer the question, right? What does it mean to be pure in heart? There's only one way, and it's Jesus. There's only one way that we can be pure in heart, and it's through the sacrifice that was paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. <clears throat> what does it mean to be, what does it mean to see God? <clears throat> what does it mean to see God? I love it. <clears throat> Seeing God is a hope of that every Christian has, and that at the end of this life, at the end of the pain, at the end of the suffering, at the end of our bodily experience, we will stand before a holy God and a righteous creator. And in that, there is hope for every believer. In that, there's hope for every believer. I don't always like to teach. I, I teach a lot with the kids, right? I don't always like to teach where I'm, I'm serious and, I, and I'm, I'm uh, fired up in a, in a way. But I'm here to tell you this morning that the purity of heart only comes through Jesus. And, and for us to stand at the end of our life and see God, it only comes because of Jesus. And because of that, if you've given your life to Jesus and you've been sanctified, remember the word sanctified? If you've been sanctified, then you have the hope that at the end of all of this mess, at the end of all that's going on in our life, we have the hope to be with God. We have the hope to stand before Jesus and him look at us and go, well done, my good and faithful servant. There's a promise in that. That if we'll, we will put God 
put Jesus as Lord of our life and allow him to purify our heart that we're gonna bear good fruit and at the end of it, we're gonna see God. I love how John Piper puts this. Let me find out where I put it here. I always do this, I always have so many notes and then I just skip around. John Piper says, purity of heart is to will one thing, namely God's truth and God's value in everything we do. The aim of the pure heart is to align itself with the truth of God and to magnify the worth of God. If you want to be pure in heart, pursue God with utter single-mindedness. Utter single-mindedness. So here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at with this. Pure in heart is making Jesus number one. Pure in heart is not a process for us to clean something up. Remember when I told you in the beginning of this that I said pure in heart was uh, a struggle for me when I first started studying this? Because my first response was pure. What does it mean to be pure? What does it mean to be pure? And I thought clean. I thought without blemish. I thought a few other different things like, Pure, like pure stream, you know, stream of water. You can see through the water. And then I'm like, how do I do that? How do I become pure in my life with all the sin? What was the song that they just sang? Sins are many, but your mercy is more. Bless the Lord. Because we can't be pure without Jesus. We can't. So here's my answer this morning for for how to be pure. And how to see God. In order to see God, you have to be pure in heart. And in order to be pure in heart, you have to follow Jesus with a single-mindedness. A single-mindedness. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says again, he says, No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and God money. Money. You're like, gosh, why is he bringing up that? (laughs) How much of a driving force is money or wealth in our life? I'm I'm with you. I'm not, I'm going to sit right here on the front row and preach to myself. It's a huge part of my life. Huge part of it. Because it's not just how much money you're making, it's what you got, right? It's not, much, it's not always how much money you're making. It's a lot of times what you have or what you can post a picture of on Facebook. Picture will lie a thousand times, right? <laughs> I know that guy doesn't have that boat. <laughs> James 4, 8 says, come, to, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded men. I love this because as I began to study through this, I I, I kept going back to David. 
David's a great example. In Psalms 51, he begins to pour out his heart. And I'll give you a little backstory on, on Psalms 51, you probably know, but Psalms 51 is um, David has been caught in adultery. Um, he not only was caught in adultery, but he, with this lady Bathsheba, um, but then he, he, he told, he, David was king, so he told his, his chief officers, his commanding officers, to put Bathsheba's husband at the front of the line in, in battle so that when they advanced, he was killed. Okay, so he's been caught in adultery. David, the same David that was anointed king at the teenage years, <clears throat> caught in adultery, uh, murder for hire, essentially, uh, and, and not perceiving it. Not being honest with himself. And prophet comes to him and he says, David, look at the sin in your life. You're not single-mindedness right now. What does David do? Psalms 51. If you got your word, turn with it. Turn with me there. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want to read 10 and 11. David begins to repent. And he doesn't just repent, Lord, forgive me. I've sinned. He begins to understand that God was number one, and he's not anymore. And because of that, his heart was defiled. And because of that, because his heart was defiled, sin was easily entered into his life. What's the old thing we tell our kids? What's the old saying we tell our kids? One lie leads to another, right? That's what he did. He told himself lies. Guess what I do? I tell myself lies. But when he finally is confronted in his sin, he looks at it and says, verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted back to you. I pray this morning that every one of us have been justified in Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that there's a, there's a process that needs to happen every single day in our life, and it's the second word. It's sanctification. Sanctification is the process of being renewed on a daily basis. Johnny just read a few minutes ago, Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus commands us. He, he asks us, he begs us to follow him. He says, don't just be the same day in and day out. Be sanctified daily. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I struggled this morning. I struggled last night. I struggled over the last couple weeks because this verse hit me at home, and it hit me at home right here. And it was because 
I had to be needed to be reminded that I need to be sanctified sometimes, not just on a daily basis, but sometimes minute by minute. And I can't do it on my own. I've got to do exactly what David did. I've got to go back to the, my knees and I've got to go, God created me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. I want to see you at the end. I want to stand here today and see you at work in my life. I want to see you at work in my wife's life. I want to see you at work in my, in my kid's life. And in order for me to do that, I've got to have a pure heart. And the only way to do that, I've got to have Jesus as the center and the single-mindedness in a single-mindedness position in my life. That's the only way. I got to keep track of time here because I'm lunch is creeping up on us. There's a promise in Revelations that John says. John for, uh, 21 verse 4, he says, He will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. God promises that if we're pure in heart, we'll see him. And not only will we see him, but we'll be redeemed from the life that we live. We'll re be redeemed from the struggle of having to be sanctified over and over and over that's glorification. That we'll be made new because we've been bought with a price. So here's my challenge to you this morning. I'm gonna wrap it up with this. We cannot be pure in heart on our own. We need Jesus. We cannot see God unless we're pure in heart. We need Jesus. There's a couple of things <clears throat> that I had to answer in that statement of needing Jesus. And it was this. How do I find Jesus? How do I find Jesus? I sat down with my amazing wife, Jessica, last night. I said, how do we find Jesus? How? If you ever served in the kids' ministry and you've been in kids' church, you hear me say this all the time. They hear me say this all the time. We can pray, and they go, anytime, anywhere, about anything. God wants us to pray. He wants us to spend time with him. So you know what I do? I do this. I have alarms go off in my phone all day long. And one of them is, um, and my wife knows this, but... One of them is the alarm goes off and it says, go to battle for your family. Because the Lord wants to know what I'm, what I'm dealing with with them. I have two other alarms that go off to remind me to pray for two of my, my friends. I have alarms go off to pray for all you guys. But God wants us to spend time with him. I had a conversation with my fifth, my fifth grader, Madison, this week. And I said, um, God doesn't want you just to pray in the morning and, and in the evening. He wants those things, but he wants you to take him with you. So how do we become pure in heart? Put Jesus first. How do we become pure in heart? We take him with us. How do we become pure in heart? When I have a coworker do something they're not supposed to, and the anger rises up inside of me, that I go to Jesus first. Number two, how do we become pure in heart? 
this right here is an amazing tool. If we get in our word and we understand what, what, he, what he's telling us and what he's commanding us and what he's asking us to do, then we'll have a, a, a way to purify our heart. We'll have a way to put Jesus first. We'll have a way to be reminded. Take the word, read it, put it in your heart, store it up. Memorize a verse. I mean, I write notes all the time and stick it on my kid's mirror just so they read it while they're brushing their teeth. Put it inside of you. Because I'm telling you right now, in order for us to, to remember that we need to be sanctified every day, we've got to be reminded. And the word is a great way to do that. Number three, last point. I'm about to trip over shoelace here. Number three, take a look around really quick. See all these other believers sitting beside you? The word is clear. Iron sharpen iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of another. Get with other believers. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm, bear with me for just a second. All these other people that are sitting around you are like road barriers that keep you on that narrow path. That as you begin to drift, they're like, no. Nah. Stay straight. But if you don't have road markers and road barriers in your life, what ends up happening? You drift. That's why the word says, get with other believers. Be in the local church. Guys, there's gospel. We got gospel communities going on, gospel community groups going on in homes. Get with other believers. Let them sharpen you. Be open, be honest. Pray for them. Pray for each other. None of us are going to do this right. But I will tell you that if you'll do it together, God will honor that. He'll bless you. He'll allow you to use each other in each other's lives to sharpen and straighten the path. Be with other believers. <clears throat> God wants us to have a pure life. He makes a promise. He says in John 10.10, 10, he says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Don't just go through this life allowing everything to press in and distract you from our hope of seeing God. And it's not hope of seeing God just at the end. It's the hope of seeing God on a daily basis work in our lives and in our kids and in our family and our church family and our coworkers and our acquaintances. I sat with a neighbor this weekend and I was, he was asking me what I was preaching on. I began to share him and he said, can you imagine going through this life without having the hope of Jesus? And I said, I probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> I probably would be dead. But God promises that if you follow him with a single-mindedness, if you put him first, that he'll sanctify us. And when he sanctifies us, we'll be pure in heart. 
And if we live pure in heart, we'll see God at the end. If you want to be pure in heart and see God at the end of this life, run to Jesus. If you want hope at the end of the mess and the pain and the suffering, run to Jesus. If you understand that there's nothing in this life worth living for, run to Jesus. This morning, run to Jesus. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. You guys join me. Worship team, come join me. I'm going to pray for us. <clears throat> and if this is today, is your day to be sanctified. To say, I'm not enough, but Jesus is. Pastor Johnny will be up here at the front. I'll be up here if you need me. If this is your day to say, I've been sanctified. I'm sorry, justified. Get my words here. If, I, if I've been justified and I need to be sanctified, man, come up here with another believer. Turn somebody in your, beside you right here and pray together. Ask God to, to, to sanctify you this morning so that at the end of all this, we can stand before him and be glorified through Jesus. Father, we love you this morning. God, I'm so grateful for Jesus. I'm so grateful that he paid the price that I could never pay myself. God, I ask that every one of us in this room would understand that. God, that the sin in our life separates us unless we are sanctified through what Jesus did on the cross. God, would you speak to us this morning? Lord, let us get out of the way. And let us let you do your work in Jesus' name. Amen.